Somebody's going to go bridge here. It's better time. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Gone Bridge podcast. My name is Andrew Gardner here with Alex Clawson and Steve Brady. How are we doing today, boys? Just living, boys. Not doing that good, to be honest. Red Sox make me sad. The Red Sox have been killing us all. They have no idea what they're doing. They can't make up their minds on what they want to do. And it's just brutal. It's brutally painful seeing them turn from a 2018 World Series champion who wins 108 games and all of a sudden be like, hey, now we're a small market team. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. It's I'm at a loss for words because the way that we're trending right now is not in the direction that I think any franchise wants to be going. Now we are essentially, like you said, a small market team, which I don't understand why this is the way that it is. I get that there's no real like big free agents right now that would necessarily really help our, our needs. And even if we went after Trevor Bauer, he would not sign here because he wants to win baseball games and we don't want to win baseball games for some reason. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Clausen, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Trust the process, I guess. We've kind of turned into the Philadelphia 76ers of baseball here. You know, a couple of years we'll get, you know, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. on. No, the we have. No, we haven't. That's the thing is that they want complete rebuild. We're just like existing. We're in purgatory. We're just existing. We don't know what well, we want to do. No, we do know what we want to do. And it's nothing right now. We're just exactly. our time. We know we have good pieces that are under control for uh, a couple of years. And we know that the free agent market isn't necessarily what we need right now or what would suit us. So we just got to wait, I guess. What's the point, you know? I think this whole purgatory thing that we're in now is probably the worst place to be because Boston fans don't want to lose and they don't want to have no idea what's going on. So where you have all these guys that are good now, under control for the next couple of years and pretty cheap, if we're just wasting time and we're not committing to a rebuild or we're not committing to championships, then like, what are we doing? Well, that's the thing is that there are a lot of pieces on this team right now who are still from the 2018 World Series team who have proven that they can win. And the pieces are still there. We just need like a little bit extra from Heim. Like we just need like another mid starting pitcher, a couple bullpen pitchers, maybe one more bat in the lineup and we'll be okay. But the fact that they don't want to go, we'll get into the, the all in part in a little bit with Sam Kennedy but we're just asking that they add something, just something. Because, I mean, the hitting was good last year. The pitching was terrible, but they're like, they're close. They're somewhat close to being good. But if they don't want to win, just tear it all down. Let's get some more um, prospects. It's brutal. Well, I don't think that we don't want to win. I just think that the Red Sox know that there's nothing they can do right now, this second. We need one more bridge year at least before everything really happens. Because Gardner, like, what do you want Heim to do right now? What do you you want him? You wish you signed George Springer to a six-year, hundred fifty million dollar no, deal? No, no, no. I want him to go out and sign Alex Colome and Liam Hendricks and guys who actually will, will improve that bullpen. Those guys want to go to good teams. Right, Sox well are a good team. The Red Sox have to make a better pitch for free agents. I mean, they have a decent team. That's the thing. Well, we don't have, we can't, we have no trade capital. Absolutely no trade no, capital. Exactly. Whatsoever. 
So here's my here's my argument for Heim right now would be, I guess when I think about when the Red Sox go out and make a splash in free agency in the last couple of years, like J.D. Martinez, they needed, what did he sign in, 2017? 17 going to 18, yeah. Yeah, yeah so before that, the Sox couldn't hit a – they couldn't buy a home run. Like they literally were toward the bottom of the league in home runs. So they needed 35 home runs a year. So they went out and J.D. Martinez was perfect and they spent a ton of money on him and they got him. And then David Price, he didn't work out, obviously, but they needed that uh, front line. Huh? Yeah, I mean, he kind of worked out. And he that, did his job. I, he did. Series. But when series. you think about like when they signed David Price, they needed a front line starter like David Price, one of the best pitchers in the game at that point. So they went out, they sought him, and they got him. Where now, I guess I look at the free agent market. George Springer doesn't really fill a need. Trevor Bauer doesn't want to come here because you're just going to sign him for a year and they're not ready to go for a championship. And then everybody else sucks on the free agent market. Like outside of the top three of Springer, Ramuto and Bauer, it's like 50 feet of crap. And then you get injured Corey Kluber, who's paid way too much for eight pitches last year. And then nobody else, like there is nobody else that they could legitimately sign. There's a couple guys and they've passed on them. Jose Quintana. I've been saying this since oh like God. episode four. I think we <laughs> talked about it. Not good. He's better than what we have. Do we want to put Matt Hall out on the mound again? I don't sure. think so. Clawson, I love Matt Hall. Clawson loves Matt Hall. Well, if we're not going to win, then what's the point? You know? Well, that's what I'm saying. Then just tear it all down. I don't know Look, what they're doing. Or, yes, it does. What? Like, what do you mean tear it down? Trade do JD. Trade, I don't know. Trade right, Benny. Trade JD. That is probably the only player that really makes sense to get rid of right now. He's That's gone the, in two, he's gone in a year. Yeah. Well, then you can get at least some value for him. I don't know. There's nothing to be excited about about this team right now, honestly. I think they can be decent, but the excitement level is through the floor right now. I mean, when you have Sam Kennedy, I'll read this tweet. He said, on the 2020 Boston Red Sox, it would be inaccurate to say we are going for it with an all-in approach that perhaps we did prior to the 2018 title. Now, I take away two things from that. One of them's good. One of them's bad. The good thing is that they're not going to go out and sign Paulo Sandoval's and Carl Crawford's anymore, which I'm fine with. They're not going to throw money at the best free agent every year and have him be sits on the bench for 130 games a year and likes Instagram models pictures. That's fine. Drinks, drinks Coke out of a Gatorade bottle. That's exactly. disgusting, by the way. Exactly. I've said it probably five times to you guys. That is just – how do you – like, as a manager, how do you look down the bench you see fat Pablo Sandoval chugging Coke out of a Gatorade bottle and be like, yeah, he's fine. Well, John, we Fer- John Farrell had things. Yeah. Uh, keep going, Gardner. Sorry. The one thing that makes me frustrated about this statement is that as a fan, I don't need – like, I don't even need them to go in, all in right now. I just need them to add – pieces that fit the team and again Clawson I know what you're saying that the free agent market is pretty thin this year however I just think that there are still pieces out there that can improve the team such as Jake Odorizzi Alex Colome Kike Hernandez why aren't we signing those guys they're not going to sign for like 20 million dollars I mean we can't keep signing guys like the goose like he is (laughs) it's one world series we just won a World Series, and every time we win a World Series, we suck after for a little while. We just suck. Good That's point. the way it is. That's the way the Red Sox play. We're going to be back in 
a couple of years, hopefully. And we're going to stop less. Yeah, 2024. Thanks, MLB. But even if we signed Quintana, what is he at best right now at this point in his career? He's a guy who's three or four. We don't have that right now. Well, I mean, what's the difference between just sending Matt Hall or Mike Kickham out there to get shelled and eat innings like that? And if we're just going to suck either way, we're not going to make the playoffs. Why don't we because just when, when you see, when you wake up in the morning and you go, oh, who's pitching today? And you see Mike Kickham, it ruins your day. It ruins your day. You're like, there's just no shot that we're winning tonight. The Red like, Sox aren't going to be entertaining this year. Even if we had Quintana, I don't even like Quintana. I don't really either, but he's serviceable. That's all I'm asking for. The only reason the Angels signed Quintana is because they were like, Trevor Bauer, do you want to play on the Angels? And Trevor Bauer was like, no, I don't want to play in the Angels. You guys don't really want to win. And then they said, okay. And then they turned around and they said, hey, Jose Quintana, you will play for us, right? And Quintana was like, okay. And then they turned back around and said, hey, Trevor Bauer, now we have this guy. Do you now want to play on the Angels? And Trevor Bauer is like, this guy stinks. What do you mean? <laughs> do I want to play in the Angels? You guys are terrible. Well, that's the only reason why they even got him. All right. So realistically, what is our rotation looking like for next season? Because by the sounds of it, Chris Hill is not going to be ready, like probably for next season. I think he's going to be out the whole year. Yeah, so do I. Because no. they're going to be. They uh, said they were being very cautious with him. All star, but he'll be a second half guy. No, he's not coming back. I, I don't see it. I he's really don't late, see it. Like he, earliest he's coming back is like July. Yeah, I was going to say June or July. I can't. Maybe if they make the playoffs. I don't know. We'll just count Chris Hill out. So I guess Erod's our first guy. Yeah. Then Eovaldi. Nasty Nate. This is the same boat we were in last year. We've done nothing. Yeah. And it's not frustrating to you? Um, I guess Martin Perez, who we can talk about that the Red Sox just brought back, which for uh, a more team friendly deal, which is fine. But again, I don't have anything against Martin Perez. I have two more things to say about this. Martin Perez. He's not great. If he's your number five starter or number six guy who fills in with spot starts, that's fine. That's his role. But when you're asking him to be your number three, probably number two, because we don't know there, well, there's no shot that Erod and Avaldi will be healthy all year. That's where you run into problems. And I just, uh, the, the other thing that I had heard is that signing Perez was going to take them out of the market for other pitchers. And if that's the case, then like, I mean, really, really? Well, like, it's just because, like I said, we're looking for guys to eat innings. Jake Odorizzi. I've been saying this for weeks. Like they need to sign Odorizzi. So I got, I got two cents on this whole situation. Number one, Perez is going to put butts in seats and that's half the battle here. I mean, nobody's going to, nobody's going to want to go show up to watch Mike kick him. No one's going to show like Martin, Martin Perez. He's my guy. He's a celebrity in Boston. It's such a small group of people that like love him though. I mean, if we're being realistic, if there are 37,000 people like fans at Fenway, maybe like 10% of them are like in on the Perez day thing. That's I don't still really 3,000 fans a game. That's not that many. Over 162 games. I think that Fenway's like only going to thousand fans. It's a lot of fans. I I don't I just all right. I don't see it. Wait, Look, 40, I don't know. The math is there's some wrong guy. math in there. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> back to the back to my point about Sam Kennedy. I don't actually have a problem with it. So 
I was thinking about this last night when I read it. I was like, man, this sucks. And it does suck to have your, what is he, owner or CEO or whatever he is, come out and just be like, yeah, guys, 2020 sucked. And we're just going to do it again next year. Like that sucks to hear. Like nobody wants to hear that. You want to hear that your team's going to be competitive. But at the same time, would I rather have them throw $30 million at players this offseason for them to be mediocre again? next year no, no I, I completely agree with you there but I would i rather have them save that 30 million dollars for next year when the free agent class is like boatloads better than this or i don't know what 2023 looks like but in a year or two when the free agent class is likely way better than this would i rather have them go throw 30 million dollars at some other other players sure like the yankees are going to suck in three years the only other competitor in the a at least is going to be the blue jays the blue jays are going to be good we can talk about that more later. Yeah, we'll get into but that more. Let me go back to the the projected starting rotation real quick. So we have Erod, mm-hmm. we have Avaldi, we have probably Perez. Is he a ready or a lefty? Do you guys know off the top of your head? Lefty. Okay, good because everybody else is a righty except for Erod's a lefty. Yeah. Wait, no, he's not. He is. Uh, Avaldi's a righty, and then we have uh, Nick Pavetta. Cool, I guess. The right-handed know. Chris Sale. This, that's actually Tanner Houck, but oh, I'm dying on the inside. <laughs> Same right thing. Now. He's the right hand. He's the next pager then. And then we have uh... a. <laughs> can't even keep a straight face. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I was just thinking about his name. We have Matt Andreessy's. Andreessy's pieces. I yeah. forgot about him. That rounds out our rotation. And that's six guys. <laughs> There's no way that the top five are going to be healthy. <laughs> so that's why you that's why you signed Andres and the Goose. The Goose should not come up past Portland. I'm sorry. He should be in Double A and not see the light of day in Boston. Like, well, should any of these guys realistically? I mean, they should, but not in the roles that they're at. That's the thing is that if I mean, I think Erod, I'm pretty confident in him. In him, if I'm being honest, I know that he was out for all of last year with COVID problems, but overall I'm feeling pretty confident. He's like a solid, like number two. I think he can top out at a number one for a team, but like a Valdi's like a four, if we're being honest. Like he's not, he's not a two. If he's really dealing, could be a three. He's not really like ever dealing though. Like he was not that good last year. His whole contract. His whole contract was based around that seven innings in the World Series. Well, yeah, that was a ridiculous offseason because we won the World Series and then everybody got money for some reason. Yeah, I don't. I, I blame this whole. Except I blame this whole Betts. situation on after 2018. We can get into it a little more if we want to talk about Hein Bloom and stuff. But this whole this whole thing is because Dave Dombrowski blew like 50 million dollars after they won the World Series. Yeah. On guys that don't need it. No, I was going to say, I think we can argue that, or we can agree that Haim is not inheriting the best situation here. Dombrowski did what Dombrowski does. You know what I mean? Like, Well, I'm not going to get mad at him. He said, get out of here. And then now we have no prospects. But we did win a World Series. Well, for the most part, none of those guys have really panned out. I mean, besides like Kahneman Kata, who's been good, which we knew he would be. But we got Chris Sale. I mean, Manuel Margo has been pretty good. Um, but again, where is he going to play in the outfield behind Betts, Benny, and uh, Bradley? I don't really have a problem with any of those trades, but the big problem here that we keep coming back to is that for some reason this team can't draft or develop pitchers. Well, that's been the problem for forever. Ever. Yeah. Forever. That's classic Red Sox. 
It's just how we go. Uh, back to the back to the farm system thing. I was kind of thinking about this whole Heim Bloom thing, and you know, Heim has been one of those guys. He came in as a VP of baseball operations in Tampa, 2016. They were terrible. They won like 68 games. Then when he left, they won like 96 in their last year. So he brought them up and their farm system went from like 15th to fourth. And then Dombrowski on the other hand, and the farm system is not totally on Dombrowski. I can't blame him for trading for Chris sale and trading away their prospects. Like part of the reason their, their farm system when Dombrowski came in was fourth ranked in the whole major leagues. And the reason it took such a hit and why it's so bad now is a, because we can't draft and progress anybody. And B is because we traded away Moncada, who is the best prospect in baseball. But and Benny also, and, a lot of those guys are just in the majors now. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, like Benny Endeavors drew their ranking up so high and they just went to the majors. So it's not really his fault. No, no. But the biggest thing, the biggest problem I have with Dombrowski and the biggest reason I'm so hesitant to be critical of Heim Bloom is because he tied so much money up in Avaldi, who's getting paid $17 million when he should be being, be, you know, paid half. And then Chris Sale, who they signed for what five extra years? I think yeah. six or seven. Something for nice. no reason. He's gonna be wicked old when he's done with that. And then price contract. I mean, he outbid the Cardinals by thirty million dollars for no reason. So I think that we're in such dire straits now because Dombrowski and he won a World Series. You can't put that past him. But on his way out, he tied this team up with so much extra money, and that's why we can't go out and sign everybody that we want. So I'm looking at the free agent class for next year, specifically for starting pitchers right now. There are a lot of good guys. The thing is that they're all basically 36 or above. So we're basically looking at a ton of hall of famers being free agents after this year. So Zach Ranke, Justin Verlander, Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer. And then um, you got a couple other guys who are older, like Charlie Morton and Corey Kluber, Tanner Roark. When I scroll down, the two names, well, Eduardo Rodriguez is one as well. The two names that really stick out to me are Zach Davies and Noah Syndergaard. Now, Syndergaard has kind of regressed. He has. That's the thing, though, is that none of these guys are really, like, catching my eye. I mean, Verlander's going to be – well, he's 39. Granke's 38. Kershaw's 34. Kershaw's not going to leave the Dodgers, though. And then Scherzer's 37. Um, another guy is Marcus Stroman, but I don't think he's got good relationships with the Red Sox. Um, I don't know. I just, I think there are some pieces out there. They're not the most exciting, but I think they would improve the team. So that's my final say on this topic. I want, I, I think the management can do a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, look, we won a World Series in 2018. We were probably one of the best baseball teams of all time that year a lot of teams don't win the world series ever like literally ever the yankees haven't won in however many years some teams haven't won period we gotta if it's our time to suck for two or three four years hopefully god forbid then it's just what it is it's the cycle it's the cycle of life we gotta rebuild our farm system and we gotta suck Everybody's got to suck sometimes. It is the cycle, but I think if we're going to do that, we can speed up the process like pretty easily. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense to trade 
a lot of the guys on our good lineup, you know? My only thought is that we have to be a little more patient because when you look at the last three GMs, like Theo Epstein won a World Series two, two years after he got here. Ben Charrington, two years after he got here. Uh, Dave Dombrowski, two full seasons after he got here. Like it's one of these, you hire a new GM and in two to three years you win a World Series because they go out and sign all these guys and they just throw money at them where I don't think Heim works that way. I think the way that we're going to get back to the playoffs and back to the World Series is Heim working his magic in the trade market. Like I think I look at the Rays and the trades he made, the trades he made there. He got Tyler Glass now for like nothing. I think he sent Chris Archer out and he got two great pieces back. And so I get for uh, Longoria too. Yeah. So I think realistically, Heim's probably not going to go out and throw $30 million at a David Price kind of pitcher, but he would trade, you know, I don't know, give me anybody. We I guess water, Chris huh? Sale even. Yeah. Like, like Chris Sale, you know, he trades Chris Sale or JD Martinez. And in two years, we have a guy like Tyler Glass now who's going to anchor our rotation. So I think we just have to be a little more patient. I think he's going to kind of clear up the whole money front. And I think in a couple of years, you know, probably it'll probably be a little longer window. It'll probably be in five years. I mean, you guys got to think about it. Yeah. I think in three to five years, we're going to have a lot better situation with money. And I think we're going to have traded for a lot of our key pieces. Yeah. But the only like person we can actually trade right now that makes sense is JD. You can't trade debtors. He's too good, too young, under too much control. Bogarts is making like not a lot of money and he's still pretty young. Vasquez is probably a top five catcher in the league. Isn't that old and is making chump change. You could trade Benny right now, but we've already talked about that. So I won't get into it. Literally nobody's going to touch Chris Sale for anything even remotely worth getting back for. And you can't trade uh, Verdugo because he's probably at this point going to be our centerpiece for the next however long. So who are you going to trade? I guess that's where the three to five years comes in. Yeah. Because when, I mean, hopefully by then they figure out how to draft and develop players. So hopefully that there's excess to where they can go and trade, you know, their backup third baseman. You know, one of these guys like Dahlbeck, who in a couple of years when we have Blaze Jordan and Tristan Casas coming up and there are like three quality first basemen, we're going to have to get rid of some of them. So I think in that, like in that point, we're going to have to get rid of some of those guys and we can get pieces back that we need. I agree with you, but also when you really think about it, who besides GED is the next logical person that you could trade right now who would give you a really good return? And I hate to say it, but I mean, it's probably Xander Bogarts because he's uh, going to give you a really good return. He's, you're going to get a really good return for Xander because he's not making a lot of money and he's one of the premier shortstops in the league. If you're not going to win for five years from now, does he really fit your timeline that well? If you can get three, uh, like top twenty prospects from a team system, I would say that no one on this team is untouchable. I would, I wouldn't go as like far to say that. I don't think that anybody's untouchable on this team. Uh, Bogarts is an interesting person because what did they? They locked him up for seven years, so he's signed through twenty twenty five. But I think after twenty twenty two or twenty three, he's got an opt out, which could make things kind of dicey. So basically, we only have like two to three more years of him guaranteed. I the shortstop free agent market is pretty ripe next year. Uh, 
Lindor, I don't think he'll end up leaving the Mets, but Lindor, Corey Sears, another guy who's out there. I don't, th- I don't want them to trade Bogarts, but if we're looking at a guy who could bring in some value, I think Bogarts is that guy, but I don't think it would be a good idea. I guess I don't really see the value in trading Bogarts unless you're going to get his replacement back. Because what's the point of trading? How old is Bogarts? 26? Something 20, like that. Uh, he's 28. 28. Trading 28 year old Xander Bogarts. And then next year, just signing Francisco Lindor or Corey Seager, who's a year younger, like the same age. Yeah. yeah. It just yeah. trades a bunch of pieces away, saying that you're creating a different timeline and then signing somebody to push that timeline closer to now. Like it kind of just doesn't make sense. No, I totally don't think if we traded Bogarts, we should sign Lindor or Seager. I think you have to ride out with um, somebody else in-house or trade for a high upside young guy along with two other uh, good good, uh, good prospects. I don't know why I couldn't think of that word. But the only guy, like you were saying, Gardner, that I think is untouchable is Alex Verdugo right now. I, I agree. I would say that he is just about – the most untouchable guy. I would even go as far as to say that he's more untouchable than Devers just because I think he's got an extra let's see 18, 19, I think he's got an extra year of team control. I believe so. Um, the other thing that I saw this week that really did not make me very happy was I guess the collective bargaining agreement is up after the 2022 season. And the rumor right now is that the MLB is going to abolish the luxury tax which would basically mean that the whole point of trading Mookie Betts was for nothing, which I don't know how this trade just continues to get worse, but I don't really want to talk about it. I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, I mean, we can, we can debate whether he actually wanted to come back or not. I mean, I think that's the, that's the only saving grace is that it comes out that he didn't want to come back to Boston so he was either going to leave or we had to trade him. But if he wanted to come back and we were getting rid of the luxury tax, then this trade just gets even worse. I mean, after 2018, he had said he thought that Boston was going to be his home for his whole career. Uh, I don't think the Red Sox offered him what he was worth because, you know, he's a top five player in the game of baseball, but like a top two player in the base basically yeah exactly um and people will say well like 300 million dollars like isn't enough but you know that's not his market value i mean bryce harper who's not as good as him got more than him so you know he's just it's it's economics like he just wanted what he was worth but yeah i don't want to talk about this anymore um all right well we can move into dustin pedroia here more sad news dustin pedroia end of an era looks like he is the era has been over for a while (laughs) yeah so for people who don't know it's basically all but confirmed that dustin pedroia is going to retire the red sox even went as far as to like release a tribute video on mlb.com for him so i think 2021 was his last year under contract right yeah this is last year so they'll probably buy him out i wouldn't i i could see him being like a another like assistant coach, like if he wants to stick around for one more year, but it sucks. I mean, Pedroia was a huge part in all of our childhoods. Yeah, he was everybody's favorite player growing up. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that this sucks the way he's going out because he was such a fun player to watch. Like, at least for all, I mean, we're all the same age. So growing up, 
it was David Ortiz and Dustin Pedroia were like the biggest Sox guys. And it was like, you went to the ballpark to go watch those two play. And they were exciting and they were fun to watch. And just the way he's going out, he got injured and then has tried to come back three times and his body just can't. So um, it really sucks to see somebody who's been such a key piece in Boston for so long go out like this, but you know, wish him well. It's probably due time. Yeah, definitely more than due time. He was an MVP rookie of the year. I believe he was one of our best players won two world series with us. Right. Uh, technically three, if you want to count 2018. Yeah, yeah I guess he played three games that year. Yeah. I mean, it, it sucks. It does, but he was the type of player that was going to give you a hundred percent on every single play. He would sacrifice his body to play the game that he wanted to play. And it cut his career probably a little bit shorter than everybody would have liked. I'm sure himself included, but you can't knock him for the way that he, he played the game. Well, that's the thing is that he played the game grittier than basically anybody else in the entire league. And people were like, well, why can't he just get back on the field? He's so injury prone. The reason he's injury prone is because he put it all out there for the Boston Red Sox basically every night for, you know, a whole decade. I mean, he was such a good two hole hitter. He was, he was short. He was mighty. He was, I looked up to him. I mean, being a short guy, I was like, this guy's awesome. Um, but he, yeah, it sucks. I, I hate seeing him go like this. And again, it doesn't really feel like it's um, something as major as it should be because he's only played nine games since 2017. So again, it kind of feels like he's already been off the team already, but um, yeah, it stinks to, to finally officially see him go. Um, the, the big question I got for you guys, do you think they'll retire his number? Uh I think it's a that's a close one. He could, he could, but if I had to say, probably not. I would say no. I think he goes in the Sox Hall of Fame. I agree. I don't think he makes it to Cooperstown. No, and I don't think they retire his number either. But I think he's at least a so- I think he's a solid Sox Hall of Famer. I agree. I agree with that. Well, under the old ownership, it was that you had to. Um, make the hall of fame to get your number retired. And that's kind of been gone by the wayside with the new owners over the past two decades, which is fine, which is allowed, you know, David Ortiz already has his number retired. You were about um, to say David Price, weren't you? I was, wow, that was impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I was, um, but I think he still falls a little bit short. I think if he was healthy for the last couple of years, still had another two to three years, I think that then yes, you could make, a better argument that his number gets retired, but I don't think that getting your number retired makes you any less important to, you know, his Red Sox teams. He was such a huge piece for all of them. Yeah. He just didn't play for long enough. Yeah. I guess he's, he's one of those players that's like a really good Red Sox player, but he wasn't like that upper echelon of David Ortiz, Pedro. Like, I feel like if you put Pedroia in the hall of fame, you're opening it up to so many other guys. Like, you know, Manny in the hall of in the, or the Man, actual sorry, retired numbers. Like he's in that same level as like Manny Ramirez of like really good Red Sox player, but probably not a retired number. You know what I mean? Yeah. So his career numbers, um, let's see, he played in 1,512 games. Had his batting uh, average still exactly 300 or two, not 299. Uh, fortunately, he's going to retire just under 300. 
1,800 hits. Like one more hit or something to like go one for one, one game to go. That stinks. Yeah, he was right there. uh, 140 home runs, four time All Star, MVP in 08, uh, rookie of the year in 07. Here they only have him as a two time World Series champion, but I'm going to give it to him. Three time World Series champion, uh, four, four gold gloves. So, I mean, Really a great career. I just think the length of his career is what's going to kill him in the long run with some of these more prestigious awards. But Pedroia, hats off to you. You're an amazing player. We'll uh, definitely miss you. The Hall of Really Good. The Hall of Really Good. I think a guy like Jason Veritek, at least with the Red Sox, like falls right into that same category. I'm talking just MLB in general. Hall of Really Good. They should make one of those. <laughs> Hall of Really Good. Put it in like the really small town right next to Cooperstown. The Hall of Really the Good. Hall of Really Good. Who would be like the top Hall of Really Good player who like never made it into the Hall of Fame? Probably be all the steroid guys. Yeah. Oh, Barry Bonds. We won't get Barry Bonds is key. What was that episode three? We that was our whole episode talking about that. Yeah. John Lester, another guy. Hall of Really Good. John Lester, there. That's a Jason Veritek. Hall of Really Good. Mm-hmm. I agree with both of those. Um, what a better career, Chase Utley or Dustin Pedroia? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't have the numbers, but yeah, Chase, Utley, gonna... Chase Utley is a dick, so I'm going to give it to <laughs> Dustin Pedroia. Not that he's much of a better guy, but Chase Utley ended that dude's career. No, I think um, – hmm, that's a good question. I think Dustin Pedroia, honestly. Yeah, I have but no idea. Could be. I'm looking at Chase Utley's numbers right now. Uh, I mean, Chase Utley was more of a power hitter, but his average was – 24 points less than Pedroia. His OPS career-wise was, oh, let's see here. It was definitely less than Pedroia. It was, computers being super slow right now. His OPS was actually higher than Pedroia by 18 points, but I think you can make a good argument for both of them. You guys remember Brian Dozier? Was he still playing? Uh, I think he was somewhere last year. He was so good. He was on the Nats or something? Yeah, he was on the Nationals. He hit what, like almost fifty home runs one year with the Twins. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he had like forty something. He signed. I got an autograph from him once. Did you really? Where'd you see Brian Dozier when he was on the Orioles in that game that Darnell McDonald pitched? Pretty sure there was like players hanging around because like it was. I mean, it was seventeen in a game. Like they had nothing better to do. They've already been there for five hours. So he's just sitting there. So he signed something for me. And what he signed? Uh. What did he say? That had to have been a different Dozier. No, it was Brian Dozier. I'm positive. I actually didn't know who it was. Like, I had no idea. I was just yeah, his, his first game was – he never played for the Orioles. Who did he play for then? Uh, the Twins. He only played for the Twins? Yeah, his rookie year was 2012. Twins, then like the Nats. Nats, Dodgers, Nats. The Nats and the All right, maybe it was a different Dozier. Or maybe. somebody was just like <laughs> – you know, I'm Brian Dozier. Yeah. <laughs> Some random guy just hopped down into the uh, into the dugout. Hey, you I don't Brian know. Yeah, sure, kid. Where? <laughs> oh. I had no, I, I had no idea who it was. It was just there was a big crowd of people by the dugout. He had a sharpie and he was signing stuff, so I threw something down. He signed it and gave it back, and I I, I had no idea who he was. I've had a couple. Like I'm trying to think of who the weirdest Red Sox player I've ever met was. I think one of them for me was Gorky's Hernandez in 2019. I remember um, he played like maybe 10 games for the team and he was wearing like his, um, the only reason like I recognized him is because he had like his jacket with his number on. I was like, Gorky's. He was like, 
he looked so shocked that I knew like someone knew who he was. He was like, Hey, like what's going on? I was like, this is, this is unbelievable. It was the end of 2019. There were a bunch of like really just no name guys up on the team. It was uh it was a fun time though. I met a, I went to one of those winter weekends at Fenway and they had like a autograph room or something. And it was Keith Folk. Who I had no idea who Keith Folk was at the time. I was like eight. Okay. So, like, so I mean, I don't know. I mean, now I know he closed out the 07 World Series, but like some some guy there was like, yeah, he was the guy who closed out the 07 World Series. I'm like, oh, six. No, it was, it was 04. No, uh, it was 07. Pavelbaum was 07. Oh, maybe it was 04. I think it was Either 04. way, I still don't know who Keith Folk is apparently. Awesome. You're striking out left and right. <laughs> yeah, I know. So Actually, that, that Folk, picture right there is 07. That's Papelbon and um, Veritech. Yeah, that actually makes a lot more sense. Anyways, um, and then Jerry Remy was the oh no, not Jerry Remy. What's his name? Brian Dozier. <laughs> no, Jim Rice. There Jim we go. Rice, hey. Jim Rice. I have a bat signed by Jim Rice. That's sick. Sick. I met Fred Lynn last year at Winter Weekend. That was pretty cool. Yeah, the guys they bring in for that are pretty cool. They're always wicked nice too. Like I was. Eight years old, I was chatting yeah. up with Jim Rice, wicked nice guy. Yeah, definitely. Got to agree to it. So probably not going to. Yeah, it's really like I'm going to be here. Too bad. Actually, Winter Weekend would have been this week or this past weekend, which is a shame. Steve, have you been to Winter Weekend? I have not. It's a good time. We should go wicked next fun. year if if it's back on next year. We should all go. I think it'd be yeah, fun. Press pass. <laughs> we'll definitely be at that level by we'll, <laughs> next. Time. We'll talk to somebody and get one. We can always just fake them too. You ever see those yeah. videos of people with like fake press passes getting into the um, like Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They can do that. We, we can just carry a ladder in. Like there's that Definitely. that cardinal rule of life. You can get in anywhere if you carry a ladder. Ladder and the the neon vest. Yes. Yeah. Or a clipboard. Any of the three, you can get in anywhere. If you got all three, oh. <laughs> you're gonna. You could. Yeah. You could do anything. You could do anything. This is, this is our ticket to the big time. Yeah, seriously, we'll we'll like have like a rental ladder company, and we'll just that'll be our ticket to big time. Exactly. Um, all right. So one of the other things I wanted to talk about was the Blue Jays, one of our big competitors in the AL East. They went absolutely crazy uh, yesterday. Well, actually, it looked like they had done better than they actually did. Michael Brantley. It was said that he was gonna sign with them, and then pulled uh, some DeAndre Jordan stuff, and was like, "Nope, I'm actually going to." Back to the Astros, but yeah, they they signed George Springer to a six year deal. They also signed Kirby Yates. I really I do like those moves for them. Yeah, Jeff Passan really dropped the ball on that one. Oh, Passan, whoever broke the news blew it. Happens. Okay, I actually yeah. I actually like the moves. I need somebody that's going to compete with the Yankees. The Sox aren't going to do it. And I don't really want the Rays to do it. The Rays aren't going to do it. So it's got to be the Blue Jays. I and saw I like a power power ranking. It was like ALE's power ranking. It was like Yankees, Rays, Blue Jays, and then it was like Red Sox slash Orioles at the bottom. I was like, <laughs> Who cares? It's like really. That's a you tough place to be. If you're, run. it's not even you're better than the Orioles. It's you're on the same level as the Orioles. Yeah, that one was that one. I was like, really? Oh, that's uh, the Jays are good though. They got a really good lineup. Got a lot of young talent. They yeah. I mean, like a lot of young talent. Yeah, apparently, Vladdy dropped like. 30 pounds or something yeah you've heard, uh, heard that that song before though <laughs> we have although i think vladdy uh 
I think he's actually like actually did that. You guys ever actually? I'll tell you guys that, this story afterwards. I don't think it's there's some story I heard about his dad. I can't remember on which podcast. It was just hilarious. I'll tell you guys later. But um, all right. Anyway, but Blue Jays <laughs> really good. They signed uh, George Springer to a six-year, hundred and fifty million dollar deal after Toronto's income tax I think it equals out to about 132 million dollars made by George Springer so people think that they overpaid him a little bit probably because he a has to deal with that income tax and b is moving to Toronto which is in a completely different country not an easy thing to do for a person even if you're a superstar baseball player so I don't think he got super overpaid I think he got what he was going to get and it, at the MLB, the way it works nowadays is you either get $150 million because you're really good or you get $5 million because you're Jake Odorizzi or whoever. Yeah, I think it's a good move. Um, I don't know. It just It's a good mix between uh, some veterans, some young guys. I think it's good. Uh, happy he didn't go to the Mets. Actually, I would have rather had him go to the Mets because it would have been not in our division. Yeah, we'll uh, get into the Mets a little bit more later, but uh, yeah, it's it's fine. I don't really have too much to say about it. I'm happy that the Red Sox didn't go out and spend too much money on him. I got I got one thing to add about the Blue Jays. I went to a I went to Toronto a couple of years ago on vacation. I went to a Blue Jays game, and apparently the fans there aren't. And this was like when the Blue Jays were kind of bad. Um, like I think it was like tw- no, they were really good. It was like 2013 when they had Encarnacion, Batista, huh? That was, was it when that happened? Uh, it was Derek. It was Derek Jeter's last year. Fourteen, I think. I think that was something like that. Just on play, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, that's. Anyways, um, they have cheerleaders in the crowd because the Canada, the Canadian fans don't want to cheer for baseball. <laughs> like I nice. was sitting there and I was like, like, and, and granted, like to this point, like Fenway was where I watched ninety percent of my baseball live, at least. And like there, it's no problem to get people hyped up. Like people start to wave every half inning, and like people are just excited to be there. And I was getting there, and like it's silent in the Rogers Center, and then they bring these cheerleaders out, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, I guess some people get excited, but people just, uh, I guess, don't get excited for baseball up there. I feel like the players in Toronto, when they play for Toronto, like really love it. You don't really hear a lot of bad things about playing in Toronto. It's a wicked nice city. Like David Price loved it there. I forgot he played there, but people yeah. do look Yeah, they it's need a cool one more pitcher though. They need one more pitcher. Yeah, I mean Ryu. They have Ryu. I, Nate Pearson. Nate Pearson. Yeah, kind of. I don't know why I'm completely blanking on who they have. Yeah, they, I looked at I looked at it yesterday. It's it's not much. The they their projected 2021 roster up. I'll see if I still have it, but I don't think it's anything good. Honestly, be better than the Yankees. Can you imagine if Bauer goes to the Blue Jays? That would be awesome. I'd be, oh, I'd be hyped for that. It'd be cool. I went to a game in Milwaukee a couple – it was probably like five or six years ago, and it was the same thing. Like, I've been to Yankee Stadium, Fenway, like City Field, like all the big stadiums around New England. I go to Miller Park, and it was the same thing. I was like, wow, this is – it's such a different baseball culture outside of New England. I feel like it's a lot a lot crazier here. Yeah, people are just nuts about sports here. Oh, so yeah. I got the 2021 Blue Jays rotation. Of yeah, what do you got? So it's Ryu – Robbie Ray, Ross Stripling, Nate Pearson, Tanner Rourke, and Tyler Chatwood. 
So it's six guys. It's actually not probably. that, but that's decent. It's All fine. right. Guys like Roark and Stripling are guys who I wish the Red Sox would bring in, honestly. Seriously. They're, uh, Fun fact, one of the first Red Sox games I ever went to at Fenway, I was sitting in the nosebleeds and a fight broke out between some Blue Jays and some Sox fans because a Sox fan came down to the Blue Jays and opened and closed an umbrella directly in the guy's face and they started fighting each other. It was, <laughs> it was, it was probably like sick. It was kind of scary, honestly. <laughs> and insult is all this time. That's a cla- classic Fenway bleachers moment. I feel like you got to have like the best, uh, like all the best people are always sitting in the nosebleeds. Like all the fights know. always happen in the nosebleeds. Nobody's fighting. Yeah. All the, like best the, all the best people. Nobody's fighting like the field box. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. obviously. It's like this. It's the same thing at Gillette. Like I've sat in two seats at Gillette. Like I've sat like 20 rows from the field and like way up in the nosebleeds. And I'll tell you, the people in the nosebleeds are like talking your ear off. They're the funniest people in the world. And I went to a to a game two years ago, and like everybody's hammered up there because they spent like sixty bucks on tickets, so they have an yeah. extra two hundred bucks to spend on beer, and they do it. And like people are falling oh down goodness. the stairs, like tripping over each other. It was awesome. Yeah, it's just, I've um, I mean, I don't really go to. I can only go to a couple of Red Sox games a year, but. Um, last year I sat in the state street pavilion, which is like the second deck up there and, uh, really nice seats. And I get up there and like, I am like the only one wearing a Red Sox jersey. It was a lot of people in like collared shirts and like, I don't know, a lot of people, a lot of corporate people. And I was like, I don't belong up here. And the other time I sat up there was 2016 and Hanley, he hit three home runs in the game and I was just going absolutely crazy. And other people were just like, like slow clapping. Like, I was like, let's go. I mean, it's just a whole different like culture where you sit in the stadium. Nosebleeds are my people. I agree. I'm a, uh, I'm a grandstand guy, blue seats. I try and shove myself into those every time. My mm. knees don't fit. <laughs> the yeah, first game I ever scalps and tickets. Scalping. I feel like the scalping scene at Fenway is not what it used to be. One time a guy gave me a ticket for free. Really? Yeah. I was like, are you trying to scalp tickets? I was like, yeah, what do you want? And he was like, I give you this t- I'll give you this ticket for free. My wife couldn't come. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so did you awesome. sit with the guy? For an inning. And then I was like, I'm going to go get some uh, food. And I never came back. <laughs> you have nice seats? Yeah, he was off the third base line. They were really nice seats. <laughs> I went with my grandpa once to a game. And uh, this guy told us, it was like right before the game started, we were trying to find tickets. And he was like, yeah, like these are third row, like really good. We're like, all right, sweet. So we give him our money and we like look on the seat and it was like section three row, like 30. And we were like, oh, this guy sucks. Really? Scam. That's what Fully you get. Scammed us. Yeah. Scalpers. Can't trust the scalper. Can't trust the scalpers. All right. We'll uh, close out the ninth here. What do we got for closing thoughts this week? Uh, give me some stuff that's happened. I'm trying. Um, the Mets scandal that was oh yeah the only thing I'll say about that is 62 messages dude come on you are you are the scum of the earth my friend down my down. not my friend actually you were just the scum of the earth yeah that's, uh, that's all I'll close that's up. horrible has absolutely no place in the game and uh I think it's just I don't I it, it's I don't know I can't I don't know what I'm gonna say I don't know what we're talking about 
you're better off just finding an article on it where people know a lot more than we do. Yeah, I was just going to say I, the guy is not a good person. No, horrible person. I was just going to say, I think it's really I think it's more of a coincidence that within the last year, the Mets have had a manager and GM get hired and get fired in the same offseason. I don't think that's ever happened before. And uh, it's definitely not. I, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of very weird. Um, but yeah. Tossing any notes for us? Uh, I got, to, I mean, one of them I just thought of. So the scalper thing kind of got me thinking. I wonder if you can get into Fenway because really all you need to do is get into Fenway to find seats. I wonder if you can, like, if we just carried in a clipboard with a ladder, if we could just get in past security and stuff and get into Fenway. I don't know. Those lines are really long. Yeah. The other people in line do not like it when you try and walk past them for any right, If you got a ladder and a clipboard, you look pretty official. All right, Fenway, no, I'm but not like a ladder into Fenway. No, Fenway, no, Marlins Park. I'm gonna say yes. That's fair. I got one more. We need to get Heim Bloom on Twitter. Mm. I realized you didn't have Twitter, and when this whole Mets thing came out, everybody was retweeting tweets from Steve Cohen. And if you guys haven't gone through Steve Cohen's Twitter, oh, it's, it's awesome. awesome. It's awesome. like if you were a Mets fan and you're not following Steve Cohen, and I don't know that anybody that is listening to this is a Mets fan, but go take a look at Steve Cohen's Twitter because all it is, he tweets like a fan. Like it's, I saw one a couple of days ago. He was the, uh, the Mets used to have these black jerseys. Do you guys remember them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess fans loved them. And he was like, Hey, Mets fans, how about these black jerseys? Hey, I'll try and bring them back if you like them enough. And like everybody's retweeting it, like this guy is awesome on Twitter. And I don't see why Hein Bloom isn't doing this. Hein Bloom seems like a nerd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I was gonna say I really I think what he's doing is awesome. I think that should be the the future of sports is having your owner be way more uh, connected with the fan base because he was tweeting out. He's like, "What should I do to make City feel better?" Like you let me know. I think that's awesome. Um, my closing out the ninth thought, um, I think you should follow Smiley on Twitter, the Woo Sox, uh, mascot. Is that what his name is? I did not know Smiley had their own Twitter. I thought he, I think, I think he does. He does. Yeah. So go follow Smiley. As you know, we're very pro Woo Sox. Um, Polar Park's looking good. I saw like a construction update on it. Also the Bernie Sanders meme at Polar Park. That That was a funny meme. Very funny. Um, So, yeah, honestly, I've kind of started to give up hope that the Red Sox are going to do anything of even minorly minorly significant value. So I'm just ready for spring training to start. Patriots are done. What's Uh, that? I got one more thing real quick. All right, I got one more too. Go ahead, Steve. No, go for Uh, it. You – all right. If you are listening still at this point in the podcast – we would love you to send us some DMs and maybe if we get any DMs, we'll feature them in a later episode. I was, I, that was one thing I wanted to talk to you guys about a ask gone bridge segment. Yeah. If we get enough people that are listening to that want to DM us, send us any questions or whatever. Yeah. Maybe we'll we'll do a couple a week. We can figure it out. Great idea. So I I got one fun fact here. I I learned this a couple days ago. So I probably along with everybody else was a little confused why the Woo Sox mascot was just a big smiley face. Apparently 
the smiley face originated in Worcester, Massachusetts. Who knew? Oh, really? Like that guy? Yeah. You guys seen that picture of the guy who made the smiley face? It looks really sad. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Everybody look up, look up the smiley face guy. He looks very sad. Smiley face creator. Well, he lives in Worcester, so he can't be that happy. Yeah, the one where the on the desk, he looks very sad. How did this guy, how is he the one who came up with it? Like, I mean, I feel like claiming that you drew the first smiley face is a pretty hard thing to justify. I don't know, man. I don't know how copyright works. I'll give him, I'll give him credit. I mean, <laughs> he's got the yellow. He's got the, the black uh, mouth. That's little, awesome. Little dimple things, the edges. Yeah. All right. Well. I love it. I will say this to, to close things out. If you're still listening, we were supposed to have a Red Sox player on this week, but he blew us off for two weeks in a row. So bad. Well, uh, <laughs> it wasn't Pat White. I'll tell you that it was not Pat yeah. White. It was no Pat one White that at least makes it clear that he does not want to interact with us. He, he doesn't want to, us. but we've had dialogue <laughs> with this one player for the past two weeks and he's blown us off. What? Three times now, two or three times. I don't know. At least two times. At least two times. So he's still welcome on. We'll, we'll still take him. Oh yeah. We just, just for the record. We just want to say that we're working on it, and sometimes it's not that easy to get people on the podcast. Sometimes so anyways, even a yes is actually a no. Sometimes a yes is a no. Sometimes this is a good lesson for people. If you really just don't want to do something, just say no. It's much easier, and it wastes. It hurts less. You know what we should try with this guy. We should try. If you're still listening to this, thank you for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Sorry, what's that, Clausen? Can't hear you because you're muted. Um, <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Gone Bridge and Instagram at the Gone Bridge Podcast. We will be back next week, probably not with a player, for episode 13. See ya. <laughs>